How are you, Ron? How are you guys? Us? Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they went home. <laughs> we too. went home, too. Yeah. Right. All right, wait, I, only... got, I got to share this. I'm interrupting. Okay? Yes. The first message on my Twitter, I just tweeted out, the, they're going to lose the one seat on Friday. Like, like, seriously, like, who are you? Like, like, who put orange juice in your Cheerios this morning and you stayed sour for 14 hours? Like, seriously. Like, wow. no one's wow. saying this, like, was a win that changed anyone's season or anything, but, like, seriously. It was nice to see them win. It was nice right. to see them play well, score a lot of points, get out in transition, shoot the ball. I mean, to a man. Right. It was hey. great. It was a good, healthy game. Well, if you listen, David, people have to find a, a reason to complain about something. I'm one of those people. You know, and if you, you, there's nothing to complain about with this game, you got to look forward to the next one. I mean, the only thing to complain about is just that Sacramento's a franchise in the NBA. Wasn't a whole lot of effort there, was it? Wow. The give it iron factor was really, <laughs> really low. I'm going to tell you, David, there were a <laughs> lot of good lines tonight. But we, we collectively, the brain trust up here, the line of the night was the, the, the Kings are playing with about the same amount of energy as the cardboard cutout. <laughs> I, I really did like that one. And it actually painted a very, very good picture if you're able to see the game because I think they're very similar. They gave about the same amount of effort. Yeah, that would uh, that was a great final score tonight in L.A. Is it final? Uh, just about to be. We got it on Phoenix, 15 seconds left. Phoenix 109-98. 101 is going to be the final. 101? Yep, 109-101. It's just oh. about to end. They're just dribbling it out. Seven wow. seconds. Yep. Eight points. No Kawhi tonight, though, for the Clips. Yeah, I don't care. That's sack. I- I'm giving it all to Phoenix here. Yeah, you have Phoenix to. Phoenix just what went they on just East did. Coast yeah. five-game road trip, came back on a basically, we always say the first game back from a road, home game is a road game. They just played arguably six games against six of the, well, if you don't count them, nine best teams, nine or ten best teams in the NBA. Like, maybe, right? But, I mean, five best teams in the East and the best, the hottest team in the West. And they're going to go four and two. You know what? If they win the one seed, guess what? Tip the hat. Yeah, for sure. They earned it, right? Right. Like this and whole the time timing was perfect. I mean, you right. you've said several times. I've heard you know on your, on your drop ins and stuff. Um, you know the Jazz really did benefit. A number of times, Jake and I sat here and watching the teams, you know, without certain guys, and it's just you know it's inevitable. You're going to go through a season. You're going to go through some of that. Yeah, and. You know, we we all talked about it, that when they got us in that overtime game, then the whole question was going to be what happened to them when they went east. And I said it numerous times. Like, if they came through that trip winning four or five, then they get the one seed. If they go three or two, we get the one seed. They they actually controlled it to their credit. Now, we'll see. Maybe we can find a way to muster. I mean, we got a four-game stretch here. We got to find a way to not go 0-4. I'll tell you one thing I did notice tonight. <clears throat> the guys, and we talked about it in the pregame, but the guys shot the shots they were supposed to shoot. You know, the guy, I felt like whatever was said, and maybe they'll talk about it after, but I felt like everybody was just on attack, and there was less indecision. I know, I know some of that has to do with the fact they weren't being guarded very hard. But still, uh, Royce made a nice pass fake to the corner and still shot it. So I think there were some improvements made there. I was impressed with Boyan attacking. You just mentioned attack. Um Struggling, I think, a little bit with his, with his three-point shooting. And whenever he does that, I, I don't know if you remember a few games ago, he started posting guys up, you know, just to change his game up a little bit. And I saw that again here tonight. I mean, I haven't seen him all year trying to drive to the basket as much as he did, did tonight. Well, we got to line 10 times, too. Yeah, good line. 19 points there at the, so, at the half. And, all right, so I'm going to play devil's advocate this conversation. We literally just watched a team play the Jazz who physically guarded them at 35 feet, put pressure on them over the whole floor, blew up every rhythm to everything they were doing, and then Sacramento came out and did none of those things. Right? Correct. Like, there was no pickup points. There was no press. Like, Boyan caught the ball and got to drive it to the basket. Right? Yeah, it yes. was five on one. It was five on Right. So, I mean, I'm kind of with you that, yes, all those things happened, and we have to talk about something because that's our jobs. And so we have to talk about what was different. 
But honestly, like it does it what was different was that the opponent was completely feckless and didn't like like it's like Yeah, they were. They, I I agree with that, but I do still think like the, the other night they're just, you know, whether I th- the guys still have to shoot the open shots and you know, it's different when guys aren't closing out and running at you. I get that. Yeah, so I mean, let's talk about that cuz that's to me what's so interesting. So this was my whole topic in my podcast the other day. Mike Conley got an open three against Minnesota in the corner, kind of third quarter, I remember. But nothing about how he got it was natural, right? The play got blown up. Mm-hmm. The Jazz moved the ball. Conley, like, had to run back into the corner. They gave it to him in the corner. He was wide open. But it, but it wasn't, like, wide open because we did all of our stuff and he was standing there waiting for it. And so it, goes, it gets registered as a wide open three, but it – Tonight, that same three came to George Niang with him standing there, yeah. waiting for the ball, us driving, kicking it around, getting it going, and shooting the three. Like, to me, those are not the same wide-open threes. Like, there's something, like, there's a reason why in one night you get the what seems like on, you know, frankly, on these little cameras and these stat people, they both get registered as the exact same look. But they're not. Yeah. So, I understand what you're saying. It's like, and... You're having problems describing it, I think. Thank you. It's only my job. (laughs) You wanted me to answer that, didn't you? Yeah, well, no. I mean, like, so, like, we go 24 of 41 tonight, and we shoot whatever we did the other night. They were different 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 shots, weren't they? Totally different. I mean, you make a great point. Um, And I think what you see from the other night was more like you probably see in the playoffs with length and pressure and you know tonight was more you just but but I still believe that the Jazz did a good job of getting you know the shots however they they got them the other night they didn't make them so at least for me the confidence factor the guys knocked them down they're not the same shot but they saw it go in so I hope this is what David was looking for is that George didn't have to do a lot of movement moving and running off screens and that type of thing to get the looks that he had tonight, whereas the the, the play that he was that he was describing there with Conley was the fact that he had to run a couple of different routes and ended up in the corner. The ball gets back to him because of his movement, and he gets a wide open three. Got the defense scrambling. Uh, you see that with Steph Curry all the time, just because he's moving all the time, just makes it awfully difficult to stay with him or there's a, a defensive breakdown and all of a sudden he's got a, a wide open three-point shot. That's kind of what I meant. I mean, I just think it's an interesting, like, I guess, I mean, you know, we talk about make or miss league, but I think there's probably got to be some reason why, you know, why why you made your shots tonight and missed them the other night, not other than just make or miss league. Yeah, and the answer, yeah, I think the quick answer to that is scheme. You know, and and obviously the Jazz are more comfortable when they got space. Should I ask you the real question tonight? Did Sacramento like watch the two games against the Tools? I don't. I just don't think they're capable. I mean, the crazy part is Jake and I talked about it. Minnesota didn't look like number twenty-nine defense. No. At any of the three times we played them, and again, I think that speaks to the style. I think that style gives the Jazz issues. Right. So. All right, guys. All right. See ya. Be well. Good night. Jazz win by the biggest margin in franchise history, 154 to 105. We're talking it. uh, We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. One fifty-four to one hundred five is your final. The Jazz blow out the Sacramento Kings. Most points scored in Jazz franchise history. Biggest winning margin in Jazz franchise history. Uh, let's see here. Everybody scored tonight. Tim, how many players here in double figures? Eight eight Jazz players in no, double figures. Almost nine because Derek Favors had eight points. <laughs> that's that's amazing. It was so much what the Jazz needed to see, right? Um, regardless of of all the scheme and everything else, the bottom line is they needed to, to have some success. They needed to win the game first and foremost. But I think it was important for them to make shots, and um, they were they were on attack. Like we talked about at halftime, seemed like they got out more in transition than they have. You know, the game became less half court. Um, it's easier to get it that way when you are the dominant team and you play like it. 
Um, and again, the Kings were without two guys. You know, they're not great defensively, but um, you know, Fox and Barnes add some length and some toughness, and they're better with them on the floor on both ends. So, uh, one of those nights where again the Jazz just played great, shot the ball, and got the most important thing done. They got the win. They certainly did. They were led by um, Bogdanovich had 24. Clarkson had 23 coming in off the bench. George Niang with 19. George was certainly very, very good tonight. Uh, Rudy had 12 and 10 to go along with five block shots. Brantley had 13 coming in off the bench. Uh, Royce O'Neal with 10. Everybody really uh, got involved in this one for the Kings. Uh, they were led by Buddy Heald with 18. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the Kings... Kings could not keep up. They could not get any stops. Uh, the Jazz had 30 points <clears throat> in the first quarter, 46 in the second, 40 in the third, 38 in the fourth. Domination. Total domination, great consistency. Um, love to see, and obviously a night that they make 24 threes, they're going to have a bunch of assists, but 36 assists across the board, and you love to see a crooked number in the assist column. Uh, you see that pretty much in every guy's line, so – just a, a phenomenal effort by the Jazz. And, again, they needed to win this game. They needed to get that kind of bad taste out of their mouth. And with Phoenix pushing, you know, this game, every game is going to be really important. All right, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Friday night. The Jazz will be in Phoenix to take on the Suns. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. 154 to 105 is your final. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have postgame sound for you coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Let's get to your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. The Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. 154 to 105 is your final. Jazz win big in Sacramento tonight. They shot 64% from the field. They were 24 of 41 from three, 40, uh, excuse me, 58 and a half percent led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 24 points on seven of 16 shooting Jordan Clarkson with 23 coming in off the bench, eight of 14 shooting for Clarkson, um, George Niang with 19 points on six of nine shooting, uh, Matt Thomas, 17 points, a perfect seven of seven from the field, three of three, uh, from three Rudy Gobert tonight, uh, 12, uh, points, and 10 rebounds. He also had five block shots for the Kings. They shot 48% uh, from the field, seven to 21, 33% for three led by buddy healed. And uh, let's see. Uh, Holmes also had 18 points to lead the way for Sacramento, but <clears throat> without their top two guys, maybe, maybe the Kings were uh, kind of defeated before this one started, but I'll tell you what, Tim, after the first quarter, uh, the, the the effort that we saw from this Kings team was just uh, not good. They were not interested in going out and getting stops and looked like a team going through the motions to get to the end of the year. Yeah, that one, they've, they've got the final game earmarked, I guarantee you. They're, they've about had it with this year. So I, I didn't see a great amount of effort. Um, but on the uh, the other end, you know, the Jazz are coming off two really disappointing losses. Two, and, and everybody has, you know, they could have certainly hung their heads with Conley being out. Um, but the Jazz came out and battled. You know, the the crazy part is that was a 30-27 to 27 game after one quarter, uh, and the Jazz come out of that uh, into the second quarter and start it on a 23-2 to two run, and basically that's where it just goes completely sideways. But um, just a great job by the Jazz having the right mindset, you know. It's easy. It would be easy for them to, to have their, their head down and, and kind of feeling like, you know, pouty. But they, they came out and played great, and, and everybody really contributed. And it felt like, you know, the offense really worked. Uh, but unlike that Minnesota game uh, where the defense threw them off a little bit, they made those open shots that were very comfortable. Guys like, uh, you know, Royce O'Neal taking that first wide-open three in the first half and knocking it down, um, just really playing with a ton of confidence. It just had I, – I, I don't – this is kind of a lame cop-out, I guess, but it just had a way different vibe surrounding Everything wasn't so hard. Maybe that had a lot to do with the Kings, but it felt like it had a lot to do with how the Jazz approached this one. I felt like the Jazz had a little bit of extra focus and energy. Um, you know, I, I can remember several plays early in the game where the guy guarding the ball was really committed to keeping him 
um, you know, out of the paint and did a great job of tracing the ball when they picked it up, made passes more difficult. Um, so I think the Jazz did a good job of having the right mindset. Uh, it never hurts when shot goes in, when shots go in. And then, you know, there's nothing better than when you get a team to kind of quit and you really kind of pour it on. So that's really kind of the story of the night. But uh, the Jazz with the right mindset and great execution, um, credit to the staff to ha- having the guys ready in a tough situation. All right, let's knock out the points in the paint real quick, shall we? Brought to you by our friends at Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Points in the paint tonight. The Jazz outscored the Kings 60-58. to It's not so crazy. That is crazy. But we talked about the Jazz, you know, in the first half, they forced 60% of the shots from a, from mid-range. So that makes sense. You know, they, they scored 105, but they were getting the majority of their stuff done right there in the mid-range. Yeah. Amazing. At a, a game, the Jazz win by 49 points. They outscore them in the paint by two. It's that's why that stats always kind of a head scratcher. It is. It's a it's a little wonky on some nights, but you know those extra points were made up by making twenty four out of forty one threes, which is an incredible clip. I'll I mean, tell you incredible. the other part too, and it took probably took points from the Jazz. They got fouled a lot, and they totally made made it happen. I mean, Gordon Monson would be so pleased with the free throw shooting. He would be. He he would be ninety five point two percent. I mean. I, it's not perfect, but you know, see the one. Guys. <laughs> I only do that because there's no way he's listening wherever he is. No, he's he's vacationing. He'd be proud of Rudy too, specifically two of two, because of course that was. That was yeah, I wonder what. Yeah, I don't want to get into it because then. Yeah. The, no, but he was concerned about Rudy's foul shooting at the beginning of the year, and uh, frankly, uh, it's it's been resolved. It's not been resolved, much but better. addressed. Oh, uh, it's completely improved. addressed. That's one thing about Rudy's career, honestly, the way he shoots foul shots compared to how he shot him at the beginning. Uh, he he deserves so much credit for that. I mean, how many players go through the, the their tenure in the league and never get any better shooting foul shots, or at least very marginally so? Look at Shaq or Dwight Howard or Andre Drummond or or any of these guys that maybe get a little bit better but never really do. Rudy, I mean, Rudy's solid at the line these days. I should look it up what he's shooting for uh, uh, on the season, but considering where he started... Uh, he's he's pretty remarkable. In fact, give me one second. Regular season free throw percentage. Rudy right now at uh, 61.7%. I mean, he was Not in bad. the 40s early on. Right. Right? And uh, it's just a – it really is. It's it's the difference between somebody who's, hey, I, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be and I'm going to dominate or – Hey, I'm going to dominate doing what I do, but the stuff I'm not great at, I'm going to figure out a way to improve. And we see it. Like, I've seen that with his free throw shooting, his footwork, um, his, his finishing, hands. his yeah. hands. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he works on all that stuff. And uh, it's I, I'm telling you, the key component is he's humble and he's willing to listen. He doesn't have all the answers. And, and you can see how he, before a game working with Alex, you know, he, he does everything totally fundamental. I think there's a lot of that on this team where they just really try. I mean, you hear Coach Snyder talk about it so much that it almost feels like it's just a tagline. But, I mean, they really do work to improve their individual games and and add different things. Joe Ingles has talked a lot about that, what he's added to his game over the years. And it's a credit to the the coaches that you bring up, but also the players themselves, to be humble and willing to work on it. Oh, no doubt. And uh, to, to actually look in the mirror, see your flaws, and, and A, be willing to admit them, and B, then really trying to figure out and have a plan to attack those. I mean, it's hard to do. It's way easier to do what you do well. Um, and again, yeah, it speaks to the work ethic of those guys, the coaches. Uh, and I think that's actually a real selling point when it comes to free agency. Um, look at the guys that we've had, you know, look how we brought them along and, and look what their careers are doing. And I think that's always been kind of a staple of the Jazz. All right, let's get some postgame sound going. Let's go back to Sacramento and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. We will get started uh, with the first question from Tony Jones, the athletic. Coach, um, you know, as you guys head to the playoffs is, you know, how important is it just for you guys, you know, just through through your process, just to be playing well, um, you know, as the regular season winds down and how did that, you know, um, kind of translate to tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm probably in the minority, but I actually thought we played well last night. We we didn't shoot well last night. Um, and tonight, 
um, we, we, we played well in a, in a different way. And I thought the ball really moved, um, you know, for, for us to be the team we want to be, um, you know, our guys just trusting each other, changing sides, making quick decisions, and then obviously defending. So I, I just thought we were, we were, we, had, we were solid tonight. And obviously we made, we made shots. All right, next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Well, Coach, we talked about uh, right before the game wanting collective effort, and it really seemed like you guys showed that. But just uh, what are your thoughts on your defensive effort in particular looking in that first half? I mean, zero second-chance points, defending without fouling. Those are, you know, those are things that are important to us. Um, and I, I think over the last, you know, week or two, We've started to to dial in more, particularly, um, you know, on the defensive glass. We, we can't rely, you know, on Rudy and Fave to to clean up the glass on their own, particularly if they're contesting shots. And I thought our perimeter guys, you know, basically doing their job. And when we're able to do that, particularly if we can get rebounds with, you know, with our guards, it gives us a chance, you know, to get out and transition and. and try to get some, you know, some, some open looks. So, um, you know, good, good. It's good to see habits and obviously you want to sustain them. And, you know, that's, you know, that's the challenge right now is to continue to, the more you do it, the, the more it becomes who you are. And you know, that's what we need right now. Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune. When, when we spoke pregame, you kind of took issue with the, with the suggestion that you guys weren't sharp the other night is 64% from the field, 58% from three, and franchise record 154 points, about as sharp as it gets? Yeah, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't take issue with it as much as it wasn't necessarily what I, I thought the issue was last night. You know, um, we certainly weren't sharp in, at the end of the game, um, you know, but I, I think um, collectively, you know, it, it, little things just, you know, when you make a pass, you know, where is that pass? Is it accurate? And, you know, those things oftentimes um, contribute to whether or not you're making shots. Um, you know, if we're looking at a three game stretch, I think, you know, three games ago, we, we weren't precise at all, particularly with our spacing. Um, and we got better. And obviously tonight, um, some things went our way as well. And that, that's, you know, if we can play the right way, you know, defend and, you know, that's how I want to evaluate our group. Um, if, if we evaluate our group on whether the ball is going in the basket, you know, th that has a tendency to make people not want to shoot. And that's, you know, we, we can't be that team. You know, we've got to continue to shoot. And there's things that we can do. Um, you know, to make more shots, but, you know, certain times this is a make or miss league. And, you know, the, the real challenge I think is to win when you're not hitting shots. And, you know, that's something we've talked about all year. And as you said, we were fortunate that the ball went in tonight, but I thought we did some more things uh, that contributed to that, particularly, um, you know, being connected. Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Quinn, along those lines, is it difficult to convince your guys to keep shooting when you miss 43s the night before? Um, we talked about it a lot, you know, and that, that's why, you know, I thought that game in some ways was significant. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy um, when you're not making shots. Um, there's the thought that you should stop you know, and do something else. And I think there's truth to that, you know, to the extent you can get to the foul line, um, you know, you can get, get out and transition, maybe get something easy. Um, the, the priority really for me is, is quick decisions. And if that means we're open, it's a quick decision to shoot the ball. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes a game like that, like the other night, you know, if you can fight through that, um, that's, you know, that's how we have to play as a team. And, you know, that's something that we've talked about for, you know, for a while. So, you know, when you're not making it, it puts that to a test. 
And, you know, obviously there's other ways to score. It's just, it's just not about threes. Um, as I said, I, I really think it's about quick decisions, which for us um, should lead to threes because we have good shooters. All right, last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. When you move Jordan line up, and I, I thought he played good defense uh, against his matchup. I, I kind of I'm curious about his defensive development over the course of the last couple of years, and you know, kind of working on that side of the ball with a player. What what that's like? You say George Andy? Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I I think you know it, it's been consistent for us. Um, where guys that, that defend find their way onto the floor and or guys that don't defend um, find their, their way off the floor. And George has just made that a priority. And it, anytime something's important to you um, and you try to be disciplined with, there was a play tonight where, you know, he shifted and he overhelped and the, the ball got kicked out to the wing and Davis made a three and, and it, it hurt him. Um, and cause he knew that, you know, he could have drifted more and that that's such a subtle thing. Um, but for him to recognize that and to own that, uh, I think is, is what's happened for him over time. He just, he takes pride in it. And it's something that, you know, again, he has worked out and, and I think he's, you know, his habits have improved and, and there's a focus and a resolve. And you know, I, th I think maybe one of the best things that he's done is, you know, he's, he's rebounded and when we say rebounded. He, he doesn't rebound like Rudy, um, but he's gotten, you know, involved and mixed it up and, you know, got hits and got, you know, got his body on other guys and kept them off the glass. And, you know, it, it I think it's true. You, you hear it all the time and, you know, sometimes it's coach speak, but, when you're focused on those things, um, it's it's interesting. Um, the the ball, the, the rest of the game becomes easier. You it just you become instinctive, and you're not thinking about whether you're making or missing. Um, you know, if you define yourself solely by whether you make shots, um, you're not going to be consistent. And those other things you can you can do every night. And when you do them every night, you know my my belief is that. You know, you're, you're, you're not thinking and you're, you're playing more free and you're playing aggressive. And, and I think that's what you're seeing George do. He's not playing defense because he's making shots. He's making shots because he's playing defense. Okay. Thanks so much for your time, coach. There you go. Coach Snyder really laying out his philosophy right there in that last answer about uh, George Niang summed it up with, He's not uh, he's making shots because he's playing defense and uh, it's a want to and a desire to go out and do those things. And when you do those things, the the shooting and the rest of the things come because you're playing more free. I thought that was that was really fascinating right there. Yeah, it's a uh, you know, it's it's a confidence mindset. It's it's kind of an abundance mindset. It's uh, George Niang is a great scorer. He always has been um, really kind of the the thing that I I have been really impressed with. And he's actually the guy I thought of when he checked into the game. I thought he brought an instant amount of defensive energy, um, you know, tracing the ball. It's hard, you know, tracing the ball is simply just uh, as the ball moves, you know, you, you put a hand up to trace it and you're trying to, you know, cut down any kind of passing window. Um, and not, not everybody does that. You know, some guys are too cool to trace the ball, but he, he had great ball pressure and moved his feet, kept guys away. And then, like Quinn said, he's never going to be Rudy, but he rebounds really well for his size and, um, you know, his athletic ability, and he keeps balls alive on the offensive side. So I, I was fun to watch George have a really good night. I loved it. The coach talked right there that uh, not playing defense will prevent you from being played. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's that, that's the culture and, and the guys that buy it. Um, you know, they're going to have success. And, uh, but, but I do believe that with Rudy, you know, in your lineup, that should be the, the, that should be the what you lead with because he's, he's certainly the best in the game at it. So everybody else is just adequate. You're going to be pretty good. Jazz set a franchise record scoring 154 points tonight, a franchise record uh, margin of victory 
They beat the Kings 154 to 105. I want to remind you about Mark Miller's Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you sound from the players, and we'll continue to break this one down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 154 to 105 is your final. Jazz beat the Kings tonight by 49 points. Let's get uh, tonight's Master of the Glass, shall we? Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Uh, back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound program at the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to the United Way of Utah for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Not Rudy Gobert tonight. Uh, your Master of the Glass is Derek Favors, who had 11 rebounds. Rudy had 10. Derek had five offensive rebounds tonight. And I'll tell you what, Derek had a stretch there in the third quarter, which is about as well as we've seen Derek Favors play in a long time, and not to say that uh, Derek hasn't been good at times this year. He was just particularly good in that stretch of this game. Yeah, he, he liked the other guys. He was pretty decisive what he wanted to do. We saw that old uh, Favors push shot that yep. he made so famous in his first stint here. Um, and, and so, again, it's always just nice to see uh, after a couple of tough outings, you know, everybody gets some sort of kind of feel-good moment out of it. I mean, guys even come off the bench, right, and and, and haven't – really been able to impact the team very much, and they come in and do a great job of impacting. So uh, one of those nights where everybody, may, you know, just gets feeling better. And Holmes actually played pretty well against uh, the Jazz the other night. Not that he had a, a bad game tonight per se, but it certainly uh, Rudy and Derek had their way. How about this for how about this for a rebounding advantage, Coach? Jazz had 47 total rebounds tonight. Sacramento with 24. Ouch. That's a bad night on the glass right there. Their master of the glass, uh, they had a three-way tie with five boards. Uh, With Medu, uh, let's see, Buddy Heald and uh, Davis coming in off the bench. 24 rebounds. I I don't know. That might be uh, low for an opponent on the season. I don't know if I remember uh, a total that low. I I really don't. And, and again, it speaks to that effort we talked about, right? That rebounding is just straight hustle and effort Mm. and throwing your body around. And there just wasn't a whole lot of that. Favors, first time master of the glass? Seems like it to me, but I could be wrong. I think he tied for one oh, okay. earlier in the year. Right. I think this might be his first his outright. outright master of the glass. Will you ring the bell for the outright? Well, there we go. We need that. Way to go, Derek Favors. Uh, tonight's master of the glass. Let's get some more post-game sound going, Coach, shall we? Let's go back to Sacramento. Let's hear from George Niang. I'll go ahead and jump in with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. George, uh, the Kings broadcasters made a joke early in the game that you were just the second best Iowa State product on the court tonight. And uh, <laughs> they they quickly came to to regret that statement. Um, how did it feel? Oh, I thought you were saying between me and Matt. Oh, no, they're, they're talking about they're, – they were implying Tyrese. Um, oh yeah, they acknowledged they acknowledged their mistake as the game went on. Anyway, uh, how did it feel getting one put in the starting lineup tonight and two going out and kind of dominating <laughs> it with that kind of performance? Uh, you know, it felt great. Uh, you know, I, I like I said before, all of us uh, on this side prepare. You know, like we're gonna play a bunch of minutes and know our role going into the game before then. So you know, uh, I wouldn't say anything was any different uh, obviously besides minutes but you know I went out there and tried to do things to help the team win and that's make open shots and create shots for others and you know we had some guys sideline tonight and I think all of us were a little bitter after dropping two straight uh, to Minnesota so we wanted to come out here and really make a point. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach was talking to me about your balance um, and decision-making being much quicker. How have you seen that part of your game evolve? Uh, you know, just reading my defender before the ball comes to me, uh, that's been huge for me this year, you know, being able to make plays, whether if that's 
you know, driving the ball or being ready to shoot, uh, just realizing how the defense is, is going to be playing me um, before the ball actually comes to me. And that's been huge um, for me this year. And it's helped me play better. It, it, I want to say it's helped our team win, but you know what I mean? It, it all comes together full circle. Ben Anderson, Castle Sports. George, you talked before the season. I mean, and every player talks about getting better on defense. And so few actually learn how to do it. What, what is it for you? Is it athleticism? Is it strategy? What, what are you doing better? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just keeping guys in front, uh, you know, doing a good job of forcing guys to areas where, you know, they don't shoot the ball as well and, and you know, getting more in depth in the scouting reports and, you know, like I said, pushing guys to areas where they're not as comfortable shooting the ball and using my size, uh, my length and, and, and my size um to make them shoot difficult shots and uh it's it's paid off for me so far this year so i'm just going to keep chucking away and and doing that is that your feet you know what is it that allows guy you to stay in front of guys yeah i mean i think our guys in the weight room uh do a great job of um you know working on our lateral quickness um you know lifting heavy so you know that when you are out on the court you know, moving around out there is a lot easier. And uh, I started a new regiment with them and it's, it's paid off. So it's, it's, it's been good. My feet have gotten quicker, but it's tough for me to sit here and talk about myself and say my feet are elite because that's not how I'm going to go about things. All right. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, George, what did you see from Matt Thomas going 17 and nine years <laughs> I saw him trying to steal my shine, and that's not cool of him. No, he was, he was great out there. I was happy to see Matt uh, make a ton of shots. He was great. He was great. He handled the ball. He, he made a ton of shots. He played great defense. You know, obviously, Matt's a brother to me, so to see him succeed is something that makes me happy. So I'm happy that he got out there. 17 points in nine minutes. That kid has been filling it up since he uh, came out the womb, so I'm, I'm proud of him. Maxime from the free agent France. How do you explain your shooting success tonight? Sorry, I didn't understand the last part. What you how, how do I explain? How that? do you explain your mark, your mark tonight? Your your success behind the arc. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I I think our teammates you know, do a great job of looking out for each other. Uh, obviously what I do well is shoot the ball. Um, so when guys like Joe or Jordan or Boyan can get in the lane and I can get some space to free my hands and get a shot off, uh, that's what makes for successful nights. Those guys do a great job of finding me and making it easy for me to, you know, shoot shots. And tonight I was making them, you know, it's a lot better when you make shots. Um, that's for sure. All right, and last question, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. All right, quick follow-up. You were talking about your defense, and I was talking about Mike Conley with his defense this year and the improvement, and he said, man, Rudy Gobert, when he's in your ear on the court, it just makes your defense go to another level. Like, after each stop, he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In yeah. George's words, can you describe how Rudy is, like how he's in your ear defensively? Oh, he's constantly reminding us that we need to play defense at you know, when we, go, we usually check in at the same time on in his second stint, and he always seems to remind me as we're running up, like, let's play defense, let's play defense. And if I cut someone off, I can hear him, you know, in the background being like, yeah, yeah. And then as he seemingly blocks someone's shot, it's, it's pretty funny, but Rudy is our anchor. And Rudy, as we go, as Rudy goes, and um, he's tremendous for us. He allows us to play the way we play. Um, He's a defensive player of the year. There's no other way around it. I'll leave it at that. All right. We're done here. Thanks so much, George. There you go. George Niang. Uh, George was awesome tonight, pretty much from the get-go. Uh, let's see. His uh, finished with a line of 19 points, four assists, three rebounds. He was six of nine, shooting five of seven from three. Um, the Ben Anderson, our friend from KSL Sports, asked George about improving defense and uh, I, I loved his answer and its simplicity because this has got to please the the old ball coach and you, Coach Lacombe, because you're expecting some, you know, dynamic answer. And he said, well, I've been trying to stay between my guy and the basket. Essentially, that's what he said. And I had this, you know, flashback to sixth grade me getting yelled at by a coach uh, after getting blown by saying, you've got to stay between me and the basket. 
And, you know, defense doesn't have to be complicated. No, it, that's that's a great way. I mean, we used to try to to use the phrase, you know, you had to guard two feet, really. Um, you had to be able to cut them off left, cut them off right. Um, you know, if you get beat, it's there's an effort you've got to give to get back in front. Um, but it's just constant effort. It's, it's you know, he, he actually alluded to something interesting. You know, but just kind of getting deeper into the scouting report has helped him to understand, hey, when a guy, when I force him right, he doesn't like to shoot going to his right. And so to use almost some of those tricks, right, that are embedded in that scouting report that I can promise you that Lagarza and Alex Jensen and those guys, I mean, Skeets and Lamar. Coach Wells. Coach Wells. Uh, those guys stay up late at night to get all those little nuances. And so it's nice to see a guy and hear a guy say, hey, I'm benefiting from that. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, uh, Joe Ingles on the last Joe Ingles show, he gave a shout out to the assistants in that way too. Uh, those guys were asking him, you know, how he can get to be so much better as a shooter and a player. And he said, man, I've got a coach that I can call 24 seven. He's going to come down and help me and rebound and do all these sorts of things. And those guys on top of the individual work are doing the scout and the game plans and all those sorts of things. Yeah. You yeah. know, a little something about being an assistant coach. Just a couple things. Pro- actually probably two. way too much. <laughs> Got to love it when it's your game to come up with that scout, right? Oh, you feel that pressure now. Oh, I'm sure you do. You feel that pressure. Do you uh, do you enjoy it in a weird way when it's another member of the staff's uh, turn to come up with? Do you kind of, um, or are you just working on the next game that? No, yours? you know what's kind of cool is it, it, we always had a, like a team mindset. So it, even though if I had the scout, you know, if I was way off in left field, we would actually meet together. Uh, and vice versa, and we could kind of influence, you know, maybe just kind of bring something back a little more center. Um, but you got to know who you're working for and what they what they want. And some guys want a ton of detail, and some want, you know, less and just kind of pertinent stuff. So that's part of it too. All right, let's go back to Sacramento and listen to here now from Matt Thomas. We will go ahead and get started. Our first question will come from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Matt. So aside from uh, your buddy George Niang accusing you of trying to steal his shine with your performance, what's it like to uh, go out there and hit seven of seven, score 17 points in nine minutes and uh, contribute to a franchise record 154 points? No, it's it's awesome, right? Like, you know, as a, as a shooter and as a scorer, it's always feels good when the ball is going in the basket. And tonight was just one of those nights where the basket looked pretty big for me and I got a couple, you know, cuts and layups um, to kind of get myself going there at the end. And then uh, the few uh, three pointers kind of just followed. Okay. Next up, Ben Anderson, KSL sports. And Matt, kind of the flip side of that, I I imagine when you get traded to a new team and then you just go on a weird cold stretch, that's gotta be really frustrating. Like it's been over the last couple of months. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely tough and, and frustrating, um, like I said, as a shooter. And quite frankly, I haven't had a cold stretch like that, um, you know, since since really like college. So um, it was just something I wasn't used to. Um, and obviously with my role, you know, with the team right now, you know, some games I'm playing, some games I'm getting some minutes at the end of the game, or sometimes I'm getting opportunities when guys are hurt or, or we're, we're short on the bench. Um, but at the same time, I got to always be ready for my number to be called and um, hopefully, you know, tonight I kind of got out of that slump. Uh, next, Christo Salta's uh, Sports DNA out of Greece. Hello, Matt. Congratulations on the win, the performance as well. Mm-hmm. About, about your, speaking about your performance, what are the factors that uh, helped you to make that uh, game tonight and how prepared yourself to stay ready, to stay always ready to be on the court? I think, you know, just, just being consistent, being a professional, um, I've always kind of prided myself at, you know, working very diligently and um, just taking every day as an opportunity to get better, um, regardless if I'm, if I'm playing or how much I'm playing on this team. I'm always, you know, working for my next opportunity. And um, I think that's all just part of uh, embodying being a, a professional. And, and I try to do that to my best ability. All right. That's all we have for you tonight. Thanks so much, Matt. 
Matt Thomas uh, got a few minutes tonight, nine to be exact, came in and got 17 points on seven of seven shooting. You can tell he does feel a little relieved that he got it going. And he's played some, you know, spot duty in his time with the Jazz, but we have yet to see the shooter as advertised and certainly look good tonight. Well, yeah, when you look that he's a, uh, you know, 43% field goal shooter and he shoots 41 on his career, we've certainly seen nowhere near that. So uh, nice to see Matt have a good night. And I'm telling you, you just don't know of all these positive things tonight. Um, it's funny how things happen, but, you know, whether it be George or Matt Thomas in a, in a big spot, you know, as Mike Conley, you know, we'll see how what kind of time he misses. Uh, a guy like Niang has an, just an awesome night tonight. But uh, you look at those guys and you say maybe somewhere down the road here uh, when the Jazz really need it. They get some confidence and get a, give the Jazz a lift, um, you know, and that's that's the fun part about it. You you have to keep watching, but um, possibly some good things tonight kind of got shook loose. Remember when I mentioned there were eight Jazz players in double figures, almost nine with Derek Favors, almost ten really. Uh, Trent Forrest tonight had nine points, three or four shooting, came in. I six assists. I that's thought he the had best a, he's played. Oh man, I thought he had a really really nice game. As the Jazz were were shorthanded with Joe Ingles being really their only point guard uh, in uh, on the roster tonight, he had Forrest played twenty one minutes. Even got a shout out from Donovan Mitchell on Twitter. Yeah, six assists in that time. Um, Balling. Six assists, one turnover. But you know, I'll say, watching his game, I thought again, whoever worked with him, whatever the mindset was, he just he kept it way more simple. Um, you know, he he didn't get too far out of his comfort zone. Uh, he made the easy play, and, and he drove it when it was there and was, a, was able to find guys. I thought that his, his approach to the game was way better than we've seen, and, um, you know, it's actually a really nice game for Trent. All right, we want to remind you about our friends Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final score tonight, 154-105. to Yes, you heard that correctly. The Jazz beat the Sacramento Kings. We'll get you more sound coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, postgame brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru. Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final tonight, the Jazz Mop the floor with the Sacramento Kings, 154 to 105. Eight jazz players in double figures tonight. Uh, almost 10. Derek Favors had eight. Uh, Trent Forrest had nine. That's pretty incredible. Eight players in double figures tonight for the Jazz. Let's uh, get a look at your three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years in the Jazz certainly made their three-point shots tonight against the Kings. Uh, 24 of 41, 58.5% from three. Uh, let's see, who led the way? George Niang, five for seven. Jordan Clarkson, four for seven. Matt Thomas, three for three. Jarrell Brantley, three for three. Irsan Ilyasova, two for two. Uh, Joe Ingles, three for six. Royce O'Neal, two for three. And Bogdanovich, one for five. Uh, Trent Forrest, one for two. I got to throw that in there too. Hey, Jarrell Brandley, 13 points in 12 minutes. Mentioned the three of three shooting. I, I just come away, uh, impressed with him. Uh, it seems like we don't see him a ton, but when we do, he, he plays really hard. He's got a toughness to his game. If he starts canning threes at that rate, I mean, certainly see a future for that dude. You talk about improvement and you know, this is a great staff. You've seen guys that have been exactly where, uh, where Brantley is right now, and have really brought, been brought along. I love his physical size. Um, he seems to have a, a great instinct and knack for the ball, which is never a bad thing. Um, he brings that physical, like somebody that, you know, in a tough physical rebounding game, somebody can go put a body on somebody and really have it mean something. Um, and like you said, if he can get to where he can start making shots, I mean, you're looking at a real weapon right there. And, um, and I got to give my, sh- my a shout out to Ilyasova too. He's been money, you know. They brought him in here for this very reason. You know, the bench gets uh, has to play, uh, and he's come in and done a great job. You know, made shots when he had to, and 
I think he's been pl- uh, a pleasant surprise. I think we're going to see him in the rotation a little bit more. Uh, no, uh, you know, Mie Oni, I think, has played really, really well at times, and I, I think he's got a future on this roster. But Ilya Silva might be a little bit more of a fit for those outside rotation minutes, uh, the, you know, in the second quarter, that side of the sort, uh, sort of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that a little bit more. Yeah, the one thing that Ilya Silva just naturally brings is he, he really contributes to spacing on the floor. Um, you know, Mie, the, the, probably the verdict's out whether you really need to guard him like a shooter if you can kind of sag and help. Um, with Ilyasova, there's no doubt. You know, you've got to be home because he, he, he knows what to do with it. He, he's able to get it off pretty quick, and he's been, you know, pretty accurate. So um, a veteran guy that can make shots, I can see, you know, I can see where him being in the rotation a little bit more makes a lot of sense. Um, the, the plus minus numbers tonight are, are just nuts as you would expect since the jazz won by 49 points. But for, for Ilya Silva tonight, he was plus 24 in 14 minutes. It's pretty amazing. I was looking to see if Mike Conley got any plus, even though he didn't play it's been that kind of year for him. Right. How about Jordan Clarkson was plus 31 in 25 minutes. George Niang was plus 36 in 26 minutes. Bogdanovich plus 37 and 29 minutes. I mean, these plus minus minutes are just dumb. Well, and Bojan, I will say this, you know, he didn't make, he only made one three, but he, he aggressively drove the ball with a purpose. You know, a replay uh, we saw on SportsCenter while we were sitting here uh, was his drive baseline and an emphatic hammer dunk. Um, he did something tonight he's only done two other times this year. Let's get to the line 10 times. Um, he's averaging about 4.2 free throws game again you're finding ways that you can kind of craft a plan uh, against certain teams to be really effective and Bojan being aggressive is certainly a really positive thing for the Jazz and you know having him be a multi-dimensional player is is nothing but good news because if he has those nights where he's not necessarily hitting from three he can still have an impact on the game and heck going to line 10 times you'll take that absolutely take that every night from him oh for sure I mean uh Especially when Donovan's out, right, and you need some somebody to kind of be out there doing that. It's um, again, you, you learn things about your team every night, and through difficult things come sometimes come the best ideas you've ever had. So, um, you know, while this is a difficult time for the Jazz, I think the staff's doing a great job of of piecemealing it together, and uh, they did something really important tonight. And Quinn alluded to it in his comments: got guys feeling good, got guys confident. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's go back. Uh, speaking of Boyan Bogdanovich, let's get some more player sound for you. Back to Sacramento we go. Let's hear from the Jazz forward. We'll go ahead and get started real quick here. Uh, we've got David James, KUTV. First up. Boyan, you went to the hoop for a lot of layups and dunks tonight. How much of that was just something that happened during the game and how much of that was, uh, you know, talking to coaches, watching film and planning to do it? I mean, I should pretty awful last last game so I was trying to get in a, in a different way in this game I think our offense was was great but also our defense was was on a point especially on the beginning of the, of the second quarter young guys second unit did a great great job defensively so we had a lot of a lot of easy easy ones right Eric Walden Salt Lake Tribune well and what's it like being out there when just everything seems to be clicking that easily i mean it's, it's it's great to be to be the part of, of of the team that is that is winning like that then every every single shot there whatever we do it's, it's going on a on the right way we really we really needed this game before the big one in in, in phoenix and and we struggled the last couple of games so so it's great that we had this win tonight on this way uh, next up, Christos Saltas, Sports DNA out of Greece. Hello, Bojan. What was the most impressive part of tonight's game from your perspective? How important is to build on that effort? I mean, that is our defense. I know that we are always talking about, about offense, especially when we play without Donovan, Donovan and Mike. But I think our defense, when we play defense like we played, like we played tonight, like I said, especially second quarter, it's easy, it's easy for us to play when we don't have those two guys, when we're running in transition and, and, and scoring easy buckets or, or trying to find the, the easy threes. 
that's the way how we can how we have to play when we have when we have Donovan or, or Mike out. All right, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune is next. Leon, have you ever been part of a 150 point game in anywhere in your career? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not not even close. So it was it was big big night from 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 our side. Yeah, I was I was also surprised that we that we put up that that number. All right, I think that's all the questions we have. So thanks, Boyan. All right, there you go, Boyan Bogdanovich, who led the Jazz in scoring tonight uh, with twenty four point seven of sixteen shooting, uh, nine of ten from the line, and the Jazz score one hundred and fifty four points. They beat the Kings. 154 to 105 and you know Bogdanovich he was uh he was the missing piece last year in the playoffs I mean his contribution to the team is critical and I I do think he's more of uh, a player than just stand in the corner and and shoot threes but one way or another they need him playing well going into the playoffs so I I think a couple of things are happening I mean tonight again we see a more aggressive Bojan obviously this team he's playing is not they're not crazy athletic uh, or, or aggressive, I should say, um, getting into passing lanes, really shadowing the ball. But um, he still does has four assists to one turnover, and I think it's way different than what we saw early in the year. He struggled to put it on the floor. You know, he got a lot of balls tipped away, saw multiple games where he had several turnovers. Um, and, and I think it does kind of go hand-in-hand hand with the way he was finishing at the time, I think it had a ton to do with his wrist. Um, I think that thing stabilized. And again, we're seeing a guy that's more aggressive going to the basket, uh, more proficient when he does go to the basket and finishing better. Um, I know David made the comment on the, on the broadcast tonight. One of the things he's tried to do is finish off two feet as opposed to one. And you've actually seen him multiple times go in and, and sh- get to two feet and shot fake a big guy. And a big guy jumps out of the way. So he's he's just figuring out different ways to be effective. And, and I can't think that's a common thing we've talked about tonight amongst the guys. All right, uh, time for your stat nuggets. And our guy Tyson Ewing did work the game tonight, but he had a couple of other duties that distracted him uh, from uh, sending in his normal work. But uh, he did add, he did when he, he told me, he said there were a couple of pretty big ones tonight that uh, may suffice. Namely, most points scored in franchise history with 154. Did that surprise you at all? Or would you think that that number would be? Okay, so, yeah, well, no, it didn't. And I'll get to why here in one second. But the biggest margin of victory in franchise history, too, at uh, 49, they got that uh, that mark by one. I'll add this, uh, this a couple of things from actually Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune who tweeted these out. Uh, but this is why it, it shouldn't have surprised you. 154 points uh, is the most scored in the NBA in a non-overtime, non-Houston Rockets game since 2008. So it's not like 154 happens all that often. And Andy did add... And we, maybe we should uh, double-check this one, but the Kings had the worst defensive rating of all time. Oh, my goodness. So it was as literally as bad as it looked, the cardboard cutouts. It, yeah, yeah. They, they. That's why that resonated with us. No effort whatsoever. And uh, let's see, and then this is pretty amazing. And he also retweeted this. This is from, uh, let's see, uh, Tim Maxwell, who covers uh, the Sacramento King, uh, the the Kings that Matt Thomas posted the lowest offensive rating of any jazz player tonight. <laughs> you want to guess what that was? Oh, man. It had to have been good because he scored so many points in a short period of time. Yeah. Uh, 145. 142.9. Okay. That's the low. Jeez. That's the and low. And I guessed really high, obviously, after you said that. <laughs> Trent Forrest tonight, how about this raw offensive rating? 163.6. That's the team high, by the way. So Trent Forrest had one heck of a game, uh, but some n- other numbers just for fun. Um, Bogdanovich was 159.7. George, 155.6. Uh, Clarkson, 154.7. Favors, 153.8. Wow. Brantley, 152. I'm telling you, it was a get-well game. That's incredible. That is incredible. Those are those are some numbers that are just just out of this world. Amazing, and the fact that they did you know scored that many points without uh, their best offensive player is pretty. Uh, arguably, their two best offensive players. So let's let's earmark this like we did the the aviation mishap and a couple of things that we've seen along the way. 
um, again, little notes I like to make and say, you know, this is a kind of a statement by a bunch of guys who are really still right in the thick of this, this race. And they're, you know, while maybe fans get a little frustrated because they lose a couple to me, this speaks a lot, you know, they they come out um, in a situation where they could have taken that same approach, like, Oh man, we we're going to blow this thing or whatever. Um, The mindset was great. And um, every single guy contributed in a very, very positive way. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it when the result ends like this. Uh, record-breaking fashion. Jazz scored 154 points, 154 to 105. Uh, record margin of victory for 49 points. Want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one before we look ahead to the Suns on Friday. Stay tuned. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Home driving at Gobert. He spikes it. Here come the Jazz the other way. Clarkson trailing. Sprinkles. Utah's on fire. 53-29. A 23-4 run by the Jazz. And strangely enough, it didn't get much better for the Kings after that. Uh, there's your play of the game from our good buddy David Locke. Uh, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. For service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz win tonight in grand fashion. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 154-105 to 105 is your final Jazz beat the Kings. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Quick review if you're just joining us. Jazz led by Bogdanovich, who had 24 points tonight. Clarkson with 23 coming in uh, off the bench. All five Jazz starters in double figures. In fact, Jazz had eight players in double figures tonight, and that's not including Trent Forrest, who had nine, and Derek Favors, who had eight. So nearly (laughs) nearly 10 Jazz players in double figures. Pretty amazing. Jazz shot 58.5% from three, 24 of 41. They were 64% from the field and out-rebounded the Kings 47 to 24. Uh, Buddy Heald and Holmes had 18 for the Kings. And usually, Tim, we try to, you know, have some discussion uh, about the other team. And we've talked about the Kings a little bit, but frankly, they did not do much worth mentioning on the postgame tonight. We've talked about the Kings enough. I think we <laughs> that given was them, it. We've given them the same amount of effort they gave us. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's, all they, that's all they deserve. That's all they get. But certainly this Jazz team coach uh, looked like they were back to playing the, the Jazz brand of basketball. I mentioned this earlier in the, in the postgame, but it, it seemed like it, against Minnesota, it seemed like everything was so hard. Tonight, it, it seemed like it was so easy. And maybe that perception of the Minnesota game is just those shots not going down, and you, you just see it clink off time and again, and it just feels so difficult. And tonight just felt so easy. What I liked about tonight was the focus. Um, you know, I think the – the first loss to Minnesota, I think, really could be attributed to the focus that the Jazz had because they came out and started and played that first quarter like they looked all night tonight. Things came really easy, and then they lost focus, and that's where the turnover started. Uh, I feel like the game, I totally agree with Quinn, uh, I feel like the game on Saturday was a game where they actually competed really well. Um, you know, you, you you forget they were down quite a ways, and – um, and did a great job of narrowing that gap and executing. Conley hits a shot with five seconds left to give him the lead. If they get one stop, you know, then it, there's kind of a crisis averted. But unfortunately, they didn't. Ended up losing that game, but not for lack of you know effort or, or focus. I felt like it was more shots didn't fall tonight. Everything comes together. Um, they do a nice job of doing what they've done to teams all year, flipping the shot chart on them. Uh, making them really live in the mid-range. And then the Jazz were were the aggressor. They were on attack. Um, They they pushed the the agenda and, you know, got out in transition. I think that's another thing to kind of note tonight. It's been a while since we've seen the Jazz succeed in transition. Uh, You forget, hey, that's a great way to get some points, you know, in a tough, tough game. So, obviously, a lot more positives. The most important thing tonight, they won second most important thing a bunch of guys got their mojo. And, you know, I know whether they were guarded better or worse, most importantly, the ball went through the hoop. You know, that's another thing with those that Timberwolves team is they 
they got back like crazy in transition. Yeah, you, the Jazz hardly got anything. It's, it, it is still amazing, and I, I swear we'll move on from this point because, uh, you know, it is a whole game ago now. But that 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 can't be the 29th be, uh, best they defensive were like the team in the league. Yeah, they're, they're, what are they doing against other teams? I need to watch Timberwolves basketball more, apparently, because that just baffles me. That that the, you're right. The three games we saw the Timberwolves against the Jazz this year, they gave them fits defensively. They played hard. They got back in transition. I mean, this is what a bad defense looks like. What we saw tonight. I don't. I don't know what's going on with the T Wolves. Well, and, and the crazy part loss. is, you bring it up to Mannix, and he acts like you're he crazy. He like laughed at me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just because I, I actually heard that, and I was like, that's actually a great point, Jake. And then he says that, and I'm like. Man, maybe we are totally seeing something different than are everyone else. Are we in the else. twilight zone? I, I wonder. <laughs> I heard this. I kind of heard the music. <laughs> it's, it's something. But hey, I mean, I guess the Jazz are lucky they don't have to play the T Wolves anymore because they 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 like to play against the Utah Jazz. Apparently, the Sacramento Kings, however, do not. Jazz score a franchise record tonight: uh, 154 points. It's the biggest margin of victory in franchise history at uh, 49. So everything uh, worked pretty well. Any any final thoughts on top of that, Coach, uh, as we look forward to Phoenix? Uh, it's just win, baby, right? It's just win time, and uh, we're down to 10 games. Um, the one Friday is obviously going to be huge for for that day. And uh, But, I, you know, I don't know at the end of the day uh, what the extent of Mike's situation is, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take totally your position the most important thing is this team gets to a point where they can all battle really healthy because when they are all out there, we, we know the results usually pretty good. So to me, that's the most important thing going forward. This joke won't make any sense unless you were listening to the pregame show, but uh, you know, you mentioned the status of Mike Con- uh, Conley. I'm not asking coach Schneider about it. I don't know about you, but I was actually thinking about the next zoom, like starting it with a, you know, with a, like a doctor's coat on and saying, Quinn, uh, from the medical community, I would really like to have you comment on this and just see kind of what see the reaction I'd get. I would imagine he'd be grouchy. I would think so. But he I would, would have a little, he, he'd probably kind of wonder how, first of all, how I got in there and why I'm wearing a lab coat. He might laugh. He'd chuckle probably. Quinn's probably got a pretty decent sense of humor. I, I, Maybe At not. this point in the season, as long as it's the guys that aren't asking the question every day, yeah. that's probably... You'd probably be all right. Yeah, it'd probably be working in my favor. All right, we want to say a big thanks to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a great job calling the game, as always. Thanks to Amanda Smith, our broadcast assistant tonight. Alex Lumberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Terrific work as usual, Lundy. We greatly appreciate you. Thanks to Mark Miller, Subaru title sponsor of the post-game show. Uh, the, um, uh, the official Subaru retailer of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And Coach Lacombe, as always, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Enjoyable evening, Jake. Always good to get a win and a lot of laughs. And, we, you know, we've done that a lot this year. We have. Hey, win there's light at the end of the tumble, tunnel, man. There's not a ton of these left. Yeah, and the, and the best part is the, the very, very best part of doing this is coming, coming forward. You know, the playoffs are, are actually why we go through all this other stuff. Yep. See what happens. It's close now. All right, your final score, 154-105. to 105, Jazz beat the Sacramento Kings. Coming up next, Jazz are on the road in Phoenix on uh, Friday night. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.